let's go Steeler Nation how we doing guys good morning good afternoon good evening whatever time you listen to, uh, listening to this checking in happy football Sunday and it is a great day to every member of Steeler Nation worldwide because that game was it was just awesome to watch so this was actually the first game I ever sat down and watched with my dad and so it's going to hold a special place in my heart because me and my dad finally sat down and watched an entire football game together that I didn't play in so that was really cool but (laughs) man I'm just so excited you know it's like 8 o'clock right now and I'm still hype over the win and that was like 4 hours ago but in today's episode, we are going over the Browns game recap. Uh, we're going to look ahead to next week's matchup with the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, we're going to look ahead to the wild card race and just some uh, other you know, questions and concerns regarding this offense. But let's take a dive in here. First off, what a game for the Duck. You know, I wasn't... Sold on Duck. I knew he was efficient, but this game proves, I think, Duck can hang in the NFL. I really think that. This game proved a lot to me. If you look into it, he had like 200, he had over 200 yards passing. He had a really just phenomenal touchdown that we're going to get into in a little bit. But he played really efficient. With the exception of that one interception, which wasn't his, it was it was his fault, but it wasn't. There's was a lot of miscommunication because I think it was, uh, I think it was Tevin Jones. I think was supposed to run a curl, or he was supposed to run a go, and he ran a curl. And Duck thought he was running a go, so he threw the go, and it was, you know. But nonetheless, that did not lead to uh, the game being swayed to the Browns. We still won that game. But Duck, what a performance! Duck was only sacked one time, and they were bringing an all-out blitz on that. Now you could factor in the fact that the Browns' defensive line is in shambles. But they really only lost Miles Garrett. They still have some other playmakers on there. And it was only one sack, so I could not have been happier. So, let's, uh, moving on. How about James Washington? He had three huge splash plays. He had that 33, I think, 33-yard catch with the toe drag on that free play from the false start, or not false start, from the, uh, from the jumping off sides penalty, he had that absolutely absurd, I am still in awe on how he caught that. He, that touchdown was just so insane. We're going to break that down in a second. And then he had that really nice, uh, that really nice catch to set us up for the Benny Snell run, uh, touchdown. But James Washington is having himself a game and he's honestly been coming on the past couple weeks. I think him and Duck kind of gelling together. That that means that means something. They're getting chemistry together, which is awkward and kind of confusing considering they've only been on the same team for a couple months and him and Mason have been on the same team for years. And they could have never gotten anything hooked up. But my man James Washington, what a performance. Um, this is good. Like having James Washington start, you know, him stepping up is good. Because now people are going to be like, okay, James Washington's a threat. Juju's had himself kind of a quiet year, but he's still a threat. So people are going to start paying more attention to James Washington and might leave Juju in some one-on-one situation coverage. Or better yet, they're both doubled. You got Vance, who I'm very disappointed with this season, or my man Deontay, who's having himself a nice uh, 
himself a nice season, like, from a rookie perspective. But, man, I am so excited for the future because these rookies and first and second year players are playing so well. I don't care that it was the Browns. I don't care if their secondary was tattered. They still have playmakers, and we just just did amazing. We played efficient turnover free football. We had one turnover, no fumbles. I don't think we had any rushes for negative yards, and if there was any, it was only like one or two. But what a great job offensively. My man, Benny Snell. You guys know I've been really excited about Benny Snell Jr., and I was just having him perform today like he didn't have an out you know he didn't have an outstanding rushing number but still he played well when he needed to when um that drive that ultimately ended in the interception i believe when we were pinned back at like the one yard line benny snell you know, we had the false start but then benny snell got us like eight yards and it was insane because i thought he could have broke that for a 99 yarder like he got kind of tripped up and then everyone else kind of swarmed him but what Benny Snell, he came to play, you know? And it kind of makes me question if when James is healthy, if they're going to give it back to James, you know? We have four, five, four, four running backs who aren't too shabby, you know? James Conner, Jay Sam, Benny Snell, and uh, that that Kevin Carreth, whatever his name is, that white guy. His last name's White. He's not, you know what I'm saying. But that guy, he's he's pretty, he's not too shabby. You know, we haven't really seen a lot, but he's made the most of what he's got. So, you know, it makes me wonder, like, hey, you know, Benny's been playing pretty well. We don't know if James can stay healthy. Why don't we just kind of give Benny the more carries or why, you know? It's good, though, because this way we can split the carries up. And it's not all on James. I think that's been the issue on why James has been hurt so much is the fact he's getting hit and he's got to run all these plays all the time. But... I'm just really excited. Like, offensively, that was the most efficient offensive performance we've had in a long time. And it was just beautiful. Now, defensively, three points in three quarters of football. That is beautiful. That is oh so beautiful. The start of the game, for those of you who didn't watch the game, first quarter, the Browns drove and they ended with a field goal. It was like a like a six, seven-minute drive. Then we came. We were on the field for all of like 45 seconds. Three and out, punted it back. And the Browns drove down and got a cream hunt touchdown. And the Steelers got the ball. And then, you know, the sec- and then that was that. From that point onward, the offense for the Browns was quiet. They didn't sniff the end zone. They were locked up. The defense played really, really well. At the end of the day, you know, like, yeah, we had two turnovers. We were, I was hoping for more. But two turnovers is better than no turnovers, and I think four sacks is amazing. Uh, sack leaders, I think we had uh, Bud Dupree with one and a half. I think TJ had one and a half. Uh, Javon Hargrave, not, not, yeah, Javon Hargrave had one. I think Cameron Sutton had .501. So it was – the love was kind of shared. And then uh, – Bud Dupree forced a fumble, which ultimately led to a Steelers score. So, let's just break down the rest of this. Um, defense played phenomenal. I'm super, super happy with how the defense played. Um, how about that ending? That ending was insane. Joe Hayden making an insane interception. 
for those of you who didn't watch the game or haven't seen the clip, Joe, like, baseball slid and got the ball. It reminded me of Julian Edelman's catch in the Super Bowl a couple years back when there was, like, no separation between the ball and the ground. Like, that's what it was like, except there were no defenders on him. But still, it was an insane catch. And how, how storybook is it that Joe Hayden, the former beloved Cleveland Brown, ended the Browns' playoff hopes? It's just beautiful. That's like a movie right there. It was great. You know, didn't really hear a lot from Minka Fitzpatrick, but I think defenses are starting to realize this dude's a playmaker. Let's not throw the ball Minka's way. So we didn't really hear a lot of Minka, but, you know... They're not gonna focus. They're not gonna throw the ball towards Minka. That's fine. You know, make someone else beat us, and we're not gonna let that other person beat you. But I'm just really, really happy. Um, it feels good. Uh, it just feels good to beat the Browns because I just wanted this team to lose, like the Browns, not the Steelers. I wanted the Browns to lose, just because they've been so ignorant and running their mouths. It just feels so good to shut them up. And for those of you who don't know. Which probably, like, that's probably none of you that don't know. But Freddie Kitchens was out with a uh, Pittsburgh started it t-shirt on a couple days before the game. And it was just crazy. Like, that's just, that's just not some NFL stuff. To That's not, what's wrong with you, Freddie? Come on. That's just not, that's, you're better than that, man. But uh, some of the Steelers players pulled up. In uh, hashtag free pouncy sweatshirts. Um, Cameron Sutton, who I'm just starting to like more and more and more. You know, hopefully he's going to be a major key player in this defense the next, you know, couple years. He showed up in a uh, cartoon uh, t-shirt. And it was a dude, like a little kid in a Steelers uniform, peeing on a little kid in a Browns uniform. And it was just the coolest thing ever. Like, it was, like, awesome, man. But at the end of the day... Cleveland started it and Pittsburgh finished it and that's all that matters because we are now 7-5 and five after an 0-3 start and it feels so good with, is it four? With four games left in all four of these games I can see B&Ws. So let's move on to the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals got slapped today. The game ended a little bit ago. They got slapped by the Los Angeles Rams. I feel like they, you know, Kyler Murray got really exposed and Arizona does not have a defense. Their defense isn't that great. You know, you let Jared Goff go off for, like, almost 500 yards. Like, he had himself a game. So looking ahead to Arizona, keys to stop Arizona offensively. You can't let Kyler get into a groove. I haven't watched a lot of Kyler Murray games. Fun fact, I actually have Kyler Murray on my fantasy team because Big Ben got hurt. So, got Kyler, who's been letting me down, <laughs> but that's uh, that's besides it. But keys to stop it, uh, don't let this man get outside of the pocket. Don't let any of that weird trickery, triple option, quadruple option, screen pass to the quarterback, throws to the tight end downfield. None of that garbage. Don't let those trick plays, that weird offense that Cliff Kingsbury runs, don't let, don't let that happen. You know, sniff it out. Their offensive line isn't the greatest. The running game really isn't the greatest. So I think the defense should do just fine. Um, Kyler, I don't, I haven't really seen him throw that many interceptions. If I'm wrong, I apologize. But he doesn't seem like a turnover guy. 
because you know he doesn't have to force passes. He can take. You know he has the rush line, but you know, get us some get us some forced fumbles. I think forced fumbles are easier to obtain than interceptions because forced fumbles you just hit someone. Interceptions you got to physically make a play. But that's how you got to win this game offensively. You got to shut down Kyler Murray. Don't let Christian Kirk get open because Kyler will throw it to Christian Kirk, and we've seen Christian Kirk is pretty good at football. And Larry Fitzgerald, you can't let Larry Fitzgerald. I love Larry. I respect him so much for sticking with the Cardinals through the ups and downs in the garbage years. You can't let Larry Legend beat you. In all actuality, this is probably Larry Legend's last season. He went to college. I think he went to college at Pitt. I think he's from Pittsburgh. Don't let him get that win over you. Don't let him in. Like It sucks because it's Larry Legend, but you got to just, just let him down easy, you know? can't you can't do that you can't let Larry Legend beat you and uh, their third option is that Andy Isabella um, I haven't seen much of him I think he had that one really really long uh, touchdown against San Francisco a couple weeks ago but I haven't really heard Andy Isabella's name that much for their running backs they have like three different running backs don't they like they got that uh, I can't think of his name but then they got that one guy who wears I think his last name's Edmund or something like that then you got uh, Kenyon Drake and uh, God, is what's his first name? David Johnson. Uh, side note: Remember, like two or three years ago, when there was a conversation where like who's the best running back in football, and it was like Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson, and uh, Zeke, and two out of the three of those guys suck right now. I remember that conversation. <sighs> Such a shame. Le'Veon should have stayed in Pittsburgh. <sighs> but nonetheless. Stop those uh, those running backs. Um, Kenyon Drake is not too bad of a running back. And then uh, their tight end. I think his name's Max Crosby. Is that who it is? But uh, don't let him get going either because I've, I've seen him make some plays. But offensive, what the offense got to do, Arizona is not that good of a defense. I know their secondary is not all that great. Um, expect a big game from one of our receivers. I don't know who, but I'm expecting a big game from one of our receivers. I'm going to lean more towards Juju if Juju's back. Get, you know, get his morale up. Get everything going offensively. Um, I honestly think we're going to roll with Duck from here on out. Like, it's a shame because I liked Mason. I really did. But Duck's won me over, man, this game. Duck Duck won me over. And uh, I can actually, with confidence, safely say, I think Duck could be a starting quarterback in the NFL. And I know I said a couple episodes ago that I'm like, I don't see Duck being anything more than a perennial backup, kind of like what Landry Jones was. But Duck kind of showed us he could play today. Duck Duck showed us he could play, which is great to see. And uh, I'm just really excited about Duck because you know me, I love a great, great underdog story. And I think Duck is a great underdog story. I mean, it's just you love to see it. Those are the things you like to see in the NFL. The feel-good stories, not the abusive girlfriend or this, that, and the other, the rape. Like You don't like those things in the NFL. You like feel-good stories. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to take a quick water break. And uh, you guys are going to get a word from our sponsors. Yes, this episode has a sponsor. So I'm going to go take a break real quick, and here's a word from our sponsor. Hey there, Steeler Nation. Do you want to get into the business of making a podcast? Have you always wanted to dive into creating your own content? Well, now you can. 
If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast, and let me explain. First off, it's free, and everybody loves that. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your own phone, computer, or desktop. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so much more. And the best part, you can make money off your podcast with not a whole lot of listeners. It's easy, and everything you need is in one place. Now, if you want to get in on the action... Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Once again, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome back, guys. Uh, my water was great in case any of you were wondering. But let's look ahead to the playoffs. Now, you don't want to look ahead too much, but you want to look at who is where and how much more do they need to go to get in the playoffs. So right now, the Steelers are the sixth seed as I'm recording this. That could change depending on who wins what. But as of right now, the Steelers are the sixth seed. Now, looking at the four teams that were in the hunt, Cleveland lost today. They were the lowest team to be in there. They lost, so I think that means they're basically done unless some crazy scenario happens. Um, The Colts lost, so they're bumped down. And the Steelers hold the tiebreaker over the Colts, so I don't think they're going to get in anyway. And then... Um, the Raiders lost. The Raiders got absolutely demolished by Kansas City. It was like 40-9. to So the Colts, or not the Colts, the Raiders, my bad. Raiders have dropped down. Now the Titans are all of a sudden at the top of that list because they just blew out. They just destroyed the Colts in the second half. Ryan Tannehill is kind of showing us something, which is crazy because I never thought of Ryan Tannehill as a good quarterback. But he's not doing a half-bad job, which makes me wonder where Marcus Mariota is going to go, or if they re-sign Marcus Mariota and let Ryan Han- uh, Tannehill walk, or, you know, whatever that situation is. But right now, the Steelers are the sixth seed. I think the seeding goes New England's number one, Baltimore's number two, Kansas City is three, um, the Texans are at four, Bills are at five, Pittsburgh's at six. Um, If I switched Kansas City and Houston, I apologize, but... The, we have an invitation to the dance. To quote my man, Chiseled Adonis, who if you guys haven't checked out, he's a sports comedy. He's absolutely hilarious, and he's a big Steelers fan. So go check him out. But to quote him, we have an invitation to the dance. We just have to show up. Right now, if we win the rest of our games, there's no question we got it. Now, with the four games left, the Cardinals, the Bills, the Jets, and the Ravens, we are favored to win two of those games. The Bills game is going to be tough. And the uh, the Ravens game might be tough. I'm looking at the Ravens as they're going to rest their starters because it doesn't look like the Ravens are going to lose any more games. So I think they might rest their starters, which could be a huge help to Pittsburgh if they rest their starters because I'd much rather take on RG3 and Justice Hill than Lamar Jackson and Mark Ingram. But we just got to keep winning. Also, side note, I heard rumors that the Bills game might get uh, bumped down to primetime, which would be pretty friggin' awesome. Uh, the Steelers-Bills game in two weeks, that is. But we just have to keep playing. If we keep playing how we played today, we're going to win out. Now, do I think this team can win the Super Bowl right now? A little a little biased part of me says yeah, but the realistic part of me says not really because there's still some glaring weaknesses on this offense. Because, you know, you can take what you want from the Cleveland game, but you have to factor in that Miles Garrett did not play. You have to factor that in. 
But then again, we were without Juju and James Conner. Juju's kind of having a down year, but he's still a threat to make plays when he when the you know chance arrives. But we just need to keep stacking these wins up and get some momentum because we won, I think, five out of our last six or six out of our last seven. We got some W's in the column, right? Like, this team started 0-3, and everyone wrote us off. Everyone's like, oh, Steelers might win two, three games at best. No, bro, we are the sixth seed. We have won seven games. We are the sixth seed, and we are looking like a good football team. And the NFL is always writing off the Steelers, which is a shame. And I just think that we keep doing this. We keep stacking up wins. We keep, you know, pumping out good victories. Defense keeps getting better. Offense starts getting that chemistry with who's playing right now. Shoot, I mean, if the if the offense can roll like this, I might look at taking, like, an offensive lineman with the second, with our first, first air quotes on first, with our first pick. Because, like, offensively, not too shabby. You know, Ramon Foster's getting up there in age, and we're not going to have that much money to sign key free agents. So why not take a chance on a lineman? I mean, I heard this offen- this offensive line draft class is just insane. And the defense might not need, depending on if we re-sign Bud and Javon, that might be a factor. But if we keep all the key players on defense, and like Artie Burns and Sean Davis walk, tr- take a chance on the offensive lineman. Or if you're that concerned about James Conner's in, uh, injury history, take J.K. Because J.K. is one hell of a running back, and I'd love to have J.K. Dobbins on this football team. But that's talk for, for like, February, March. And, yes, I'm going to be doing a full in-depth mock draft, seven rounds. Well, six rounds because we want a first-round pick. But that's going to be fun. I'm excited for that. But we're not talking about that right now. So uh, this is going to be a little bit shorter of an episode. But we're just going to dive into a couple more things before I uh, end this episode for the week. So people have – are people, I should say, players who have really impressed me. Uh, James Washington, number one, has just really been impressive. Bud Dupree has impressed this entire season. I didn't like Bud Dupree because I always thought he was kind of a penalty magnet or and you know, he never got what you know, he, he was never he's not living up to the potential he was drafted at. I don't know if this is the contract year thing. Uh there's a little phenomenon where players tend to play really well in a contract year, then get signed and play kind of crappy because they secured their bag, yeah, so to speak. But I don't know if this is the case of that. Or if Bud Dupree is just starting to show up. But I like it. So I hope it stays. Um, James Washington already said that. Duck's really impressive. Um, you know who's been really, really like not spoken about, but this just really impressed me, is Steven Nelson. For those of you who aren't big on the free agent market and don't like go into that. I'm a junkie for that. I love free agency. We're going to talk about that too when the time uh, gets here. But I love free agency. The Steelers never, ever make huge moves in free agency. Um, I think the only time they've signed a player in the first day of free agency that I can remember was like Ladarius Green in like 2015 or 2016. And it didn't work out. But it seems like Kevin Colbert is uh, turning a new leaf. You know, we never trade for people. Traded, we went balls to the wall and traded for Minka Fitzpatrick. Then we traded for Nick Vanette, who isn't like a monumental, groundbreaking trade, but it's still a trade nonetheless for a position of need. So there's that. But we never make moves in free agency. And I remember 
seeing all these possible Steelers. Oh, Steelers might sign this guy. They might sign this guy. Oh, this guy signed here. This guy signed there. And just days, like, it, it was only like two or three days, but the days felt like years. I'm like, when are we going to sign someone? And then I finally got an alert. It was like, Steelers signed Steven Nelson to a two-year contract. And I was like, who's Steven Nelson? But for those of you who don't know who my man Steven Nelson is, if you don't know who he is uh, by now, you're a fake fan. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But uh, Steven Nelson is a cornerback. He was uh, played for the Kansas City Chiefs. I think he played at Oregon State. Uh, I know the Steelers really wanted him coming out of his respective draft, but they didn't get him. The Chiefs got him, and he had like four, I think it was four, maybe five interceptions last year. And I was like, oh, that's one of those quiet free agency signings that like Chiefs fans are going to really upset over. Because, you know, like, that's, like, you never want to see someone on your team that you like go. But I didn't see anything about him. And I watched, like, uh, some highlights. By the way, if you're ever in the need to watch some Steelers highlights, YouTube Steeler Nation highlights, uh, the dude produces some great quality Steelers videos. And there's always, like, midseason videos or welcome to Pittsburgh videos for, like, rookies or new free agents or trades. Like, it's just... If you ever in the... If you ever need your Steelers highlight fix, go check out Steeler Nation highlights on YouTube. But... I watched his uh, his Welcome to Pittsburgh video, and I was like, okay, this dude's impressive. He hasn't had the interceptions, really. He, you know, I don't think he has any, but he's playing quiet, and that's not a bad thing. When you don't hear a cornerback's name, that's not necessarily a bad thing because you can hear a cornerback's name for a big play interception or that he got burned. And when you're not hearing his name that's saying he got burned all the time, not a bad thing. That's not. You know, he hasn't had the interceptions or he's never really had the deflections either, but he's playing like they're not throwing his way. And that's not necessarily a bad thing because people aren't targeting this, the receivers that he's on. Granted, when we played against Cleveland that Thursday, a couple weeks ago, he got burned by Odell Beckham. But I, that's the only time I've really seen him get burned or flared on a route, which is, in, well, excuse me, which is impressive. But he's been really silent. And I like... I'm impressed. Like, he's not, like, he's not like the Jalen Ramsey where he's going to get a pick and run his mouth, but he's not like Artie Burns getting burned and ruining Steelers' fantasy points and games and playoff hopes. But, yeah, I really like Steven Nelson. And I follow him on Twitter, and he's just, like, he's always tweeting about the Steelers. Like, he tweeted one thing after, uh, God, what game was it? I think it was the Dolphins game. No, it was the Rams game where it was like a picture of the defense as they do. And he's like, this is the best team I played on. I love you guys. I love Coach Tomlin. And that's just a guy who I just like. Like, he's good. He's not getting burned. He's not letting people catch it on him. And, like, I I really like Steven Nelson. He's impressed me. A lot of these guys on the defense has impressed me. Vince Williams is playing really good this year. Uh, Mark Barron, please get him out of the Steelers locker room. Please just get rid of him. No disrespect. I'm sure you're a great guy. But I just want this to be the Devin Bush show, full on. Like, I don't want that subbing stuff. Like, I think they they put in Devin Bush more today. Just just give the, just have Devin Bush take over. Give him the green dot or give it to Vince or give it to Minka. Don't give it to, to Mark Barron. But, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Mark Barron, we can, I can have a whole episode on why Mark Barron's disappointed me this year. Just, oh, my gosh. Remember when Mark Barron had that, I don't know if it was a pick or an interception against Seattle. And he scored a touchdown, and Sean Davis blocked Tyler Lockett in the back, like 30 yards away from where the play was, and that screwed us over. I remember that. That was pretty great. That was... <laughs> That's the only thing I could think that Mark Barron did. That was an enjoyable thing. 
But uh, just looking ahead, looking ahead, looking forward. We got the Cardinals this week. Then we play the Bills at Pittsburgh, which should be a good game. I think that'll be a good game because those are two really good teams. And then you got Pittsburgh at MetLife playing the Jets. That's going to be Le'Veon Bell's redemption game. No, Le'Veon Bell. <sighs> Le'Veon Bell, but I'm counting that as a W. And uh, then we got the uh, the Ravens in Baltimore. I like that game because I think the Ravens have just about clinched the division. And I think they're going to have a first-round bye. And I think they're just going to rest their starters, which is perfectly fine for me. We're going to talk about this for a little bit since we have something to talk about. But I am perfectly okay with the Ravens resting their starters because, one, if Pittsburgh is in, like, a like one of those situations with the Titans or the Raiders or whoever where it's like Pittsburgh needs to win and they're in, I'd feel so much better with this defense going and, and offense, matter of fact, going against a rested second-string team with a couple starters on it. That just I'd just feel a lot better with it because that's just it, – I think it'd be easier to play against RG3 than it would be Lamar Jackson. No respect or disrespect, my bad, no disrespect towards RG3. Uh, I respect him for sticking uh, sticking around as long as he has. But it's Lamar Jackson show, and Action Jackson is one hell of a player, and I really do wish him the best because he's fun to watch. Like, I like watching the Ravens, but I just hope he doesn't play well when he plays Pittsburgh. But that's the story for another podcast. But uh, looking at the schedule, I really think we can win out. I could, you know, the only game I see as possibly dropping would be the Bills game because their defense is just really, really good. But their offense isn't that good. But I really think, uh, you know, looking at it, we're seven and five, uh, ten and six, anywhere from ten and six to eleven and five. I think will be our final record. If we finish off eleven and five, good Lord Almighty, e you know, Stephen A is gonna scream for joy because you you know team started off zero and three, now they're eleven and five in the playoffs. Like that's wild. Also, I can't believe I just forgot about this. I think if we beat the Bills, we'd go up to the fifth seed, which would be better for us. Because hypothetically, looking at the playoffs, it's uh, you're going to face... If we're the sixth seed, we go play... I think we'd play Kansas City. I'd much rather play Kansas City. But if we're the fifth seed, we'd play um, Houston. And if we beat Houston, we'd play Baltimore. I'd feel much more comfortable playing Baltimore than I would playing New England because you saw that Baltimore game like that Baltimore game that's the game we lost Mason and evidently lost to a field goal in overtime but you saw like the Steelers could hang so if it came down to the Steelers and the Ravens I like that I'd I'd be a lot more comfortable playing the Ravens for a trip to the Super Bowl than I would be playing the Patriots that's hypothetically saying that we get that far but if we beat the Bills I don't know because their record's better but we'd beat them, so I think we'd hold something over them. I don't know if we'd be bumped up to the fifth seed. But that's just something to think about, playoff implication-wise, because I think that'd just be a, an easier road having to face Houston and then having to face Baltimore. But that is a story for another podcast. So with that being said, I hope you guys have a great rest of your day and a great rest of your week. Uh, enjoy, and I hope you guys had a happy Thanksgiving as well. Um, it's a two days, three days after Thanksgiving. So I hope you guys had a blessed Thanksgiving, ate some great food, played some football, and uh, you know, I hope you guys have a blessed rest of your week. I hope you spend it with family and friends, 
and I will see you guys next week with an update on the, uh, or not update, with a discussion about how the Cardinals game went, looking ahead to the Bills. And uh, also, make sure you guys follow me at Hitsburg for my podcast updates. And if you're interested in following me just for the love of it, you can follow me at CJ from Parma on Twitter. Just tell me from the podcast, they'll hit you right up. I tweet about the Steelers, memes, stupid videos, funny content. It's all there. So make sure you guys hit me up with a follow there if you want to keep up. And I will see you guys next week. Here we go.